welcome to the Awesome Life Podcast for women in transition looking for simple ways to live and love life with awesome energy, joy, prosperity, and freedom. And now here is your awesomeness host, Karen Stoltz. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Awesome Life Podcast. I'm Karen Stoltz, your host, and I am here today with the most amazing wonderful lady, Alison Hammond. Uh, as you know, in Awesome Life, things get in the way, things show up that we might have a little difficulty thinking that we can even do or, or move forward or break through. And that's what Awesome Life podcast is all about, to show you that there are ways of breaking through to be a better person to be more of who you were meant to be. And Allison is the most awesome person to share this information with. We have connected before, as you know, we always connect. I always connect with my uh, potential guests. And when I met with Allison, I just thought, yes, yes, she has a message and a philosophy and an ability, a proven program that can really help people lead that awesome life in their awesome business. So um, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Allison and what she does and who she is. She actually is so cool. She creates a facilitation with graphics. She's a graphic facilitation to create visual plans. It's more than a vision board. She can actually create visual plans using your gifts, skills, and knowledge and helps you with the next steps to get there. Allison starts with the people first to describe that vision. The gifts of the people who are present and who is available, helps them recognize who is available in their community so that they can grow and finding people to be accountable to, because of course, without accountability, oftentimes things don't work out the way you would like to have them work out. Allison has created a company called Responsible People, Responsible People. That's actually responsible is one word, but that's how you pronounce it. To help people and groups design plans based on their gifts, their skills, and knowledge through the processes using that graphic facilitation. And this comes from a lifelong passion for bringing people together in community for better lives. She actually has a degree in uh, dance, as well as a doctorate in education. She, uh, well, education leadership, which is what we need more than anything, leadership, along with a lot of training in planning processes. And she's blended it with her ability to lead individuals and groups to create a plan that builds community, productive teamwork, and shared accountability. So welcome, welcome, Allison. Thank I'm so you. happy so you're much, here. And, Thank you, oh. Karen. I'm really glad to be here and I appreciate so much the invitation. 
Oh, absolutely. Well, like I said, when I met you, I just knew you would be ideal in our awesome life to help the people that, that listen to this. And, but tell us a little bit more. How did this all come about, this response able? <laughs> well, when, as you were saying response able people, I thought, well, maybe I would start with talking where I came up with that word response able. Um, so a while back, I actually I also have a background in early childhood. And so I actually wrote a picture book for parents and did a, a newsletter. And I called it Response Able Children because I was hoping that parents could ra raise their children to be, of course, responsible, but response able in the world around them. And so when I was thinking of a name for my business, I just went back to that word because um, so much of what we do in our lives is reactionary. And what I'm hoping through these planning processes that I use, people can find ways that they can respond to their next steps and what they need to do rather than being reacting to what's, you know, what's in front of them or, um, or getting stuck. So they're able to respond and keep moving forward. So that's why I like that. And the other thing is that I added and company. So right now I am technically by myself but I can't do any of my processes by myself. I need the person or the small group that I'm working with. And then if I'm working with an individual, I need them to invite some people from their community to be part of the process. And so those are the people that become and company because I cannot do the work that I do in a vacuum just by myself. I always have to have people. So I have to have and company. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. Well, it, it it takes a village, doesn't it? You do need yeah. to have the end company. And I, I was actually listening to something um, the other, well, yesterday, actually, that said in the mystical astrological world, this week in particular, we need to reach out and be with people because mm -hmm. certainly this past year has kept us from yeah. having that. So even if it is simply having that, those people, that company right. work with you via Zoom, uh -huh. which, by the way, where are you located? Um, I'm in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Okay. Which, is, which I always laugh because, you know, Michigan is shaped like a mitten. I turn it this way. And, and <laughs> Kalamazoo is right here. We're halfway between Detroit and Chicago. <laughs> Oh, which is ideal, but that that allows you because I'm sitting here in Maine in my home office and we can connect. Exactly. That is the wonderful thing. COVID has found us that we can connect this way. And Absolutely. you are making a difference with responsible people and company uh, this way. So great. So, I, so it all started with your childhood leadership education? Well, um, so when I started doing this work with the graphic facilitation, I knew I had found my calling. I had, I really had no idea. I honestly really had not ever heard a whole lot about doing these kind of processes. Um, I do have a dance background. Um, in the 80s, I trained aerobics instructors. I traveled all over the country and that was a lot of facilitation and working with people and meeting people around the world. And then um, I've just done other things with facilitation, but I've always had a, a design and a creative niche. I, my drawing is not visual art. It truly is graphic note-taking. 
So I draw stick figures. I am not, it's, it's to take, to capture the <laughs> ideas in a graphic form, but it just kind of all blended together. And I was thinking today, you know, with my dance background as well, is that when you're putting a group of people together, there's a lot of choreography that has to go on. You know, setting the stage, are people comfortable? Who's here? Um, we do pay attention to when we're in person, you know, where people sit. So there's a lot of choreography that actually goes into this planning as well. So that's really where that kind of started. But um, in my previous job, we worked with people with disabilities and we were planning for their futures in the community outside of assuming that people that have developmental disabilities, like their place is in Special Olympics or their place is at the day workshop or their place. Those are all fine things. Those, those matter. Those are opportunities for people. Those are options. But the broader community is also an option. So um, I was in, um, and went to train in Toronto with Jack Pierpoint and Linda Kahn in these processes called Maps and Paths. And they were actually developed by a woman named Beth Mount. She is a, she is a graphic artist, she's amazing. And she actually in her studies for social work took her visual arts background and her social work background and created these processes to work with people the interesting thing was every single time I would do a plan for somebody's future, somebody in the room would say, I need someone to do that for me. It usually was somebody getting ready to do a career change, maybe a sibling who was getting ready to go off to college or had just finished college. It might be a parent who's getting ready to retire, maybe a family that's getting ready to move to a new place. And so when I left my previous job, I decided I'm gonna hang out my shingle. And yes, I do have um, some contracts that I do with local agencies with people with disabilities, but I really believe this kind of planning is great for anybody. And as we were just saying, connecting with people, I feel like um, me starting this business at this time, I really truly am in the right space because people are craving talking to each other and they're craving getting together and they're lost. And we're all trying to figure out how to be with each other again, because we know that the old ways of being, some of those will come back, but a lot of them won't. So how can you get individuals who are transitioning out of this COVID experience? I know a lot of women who stopped working because their children were home. So now how are they gonna transition back into the world? And I also, um, know that there are small businesses in particular, they're trying to figure out how do we navigate being back in the workplace together, and there are no best practices. Um, there's no books that have been written about how to come out of COVID. So I believe that as Margaret Wheatley says, we need to turn to one another to figure out how we're gonna move forward. Oh, that is so, so, so true. And, and helping them, uh understand the possibilities of moving forward. As mm -hmm. you say, with the moms, what are they doing now? Uh, now that some companies are asking them to go back into the office when maybe they were finding it more calm and peaceful at home with their kids and working from right. home. On mm -hmm. the other hand, there are plenty of people that said, yes, I'm ready to go back into the office. Please exactly. let me get out of here. 
(laughs) So you are dealing with lots of different types of people and, and working with them where they, where they are and their personalities, where they are. Mm -hmm. And the graphic facilitation, I love the fact that you're using stick figures because that that's what I can understand. <laughs> stick and, figures and, and icons. Um, you know, I've learned, I have, um, I actually keep sort of, I call it my vocabulary of icons. So for example, you know, I have a typical thing I'm going to draw that's a house. Um, I have different symbols that I've learned how to draw for different people of different faith-based organizations. I've learned how to draw like a little dog and a little cat. Um, I have some symbols that I've learned to draw that are like different kinds of work. Like if somebody works with a shovel or if somebody is an artist or if somebody is in music. Um, So it's kind of like a vocabulary of notes that I, I do practice because um, I'm on this, you know, I'm doing this as people are talking. So I can't, you know, stop and figure out, well, what am I going to draw for that? Um, And so oftentimes when I meet with people prior to doing a plan, I, I listen to what they're talking about, what they're wanting to do with their life and what are some icons I might want to have, as I say, in my back pocket to pull out um, so that I, so that I, um, I can pay attention to what they're saying and draw without having to get stuck with, oh, I don't know how to draw that. I do use words too. If I, all else fails, I'll write a word. And I usually label everything anyway, just because I have drawn a few things that we're not quite sure what they are. So I put it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know. Um, yeah. And you, you, you don't compare yourself to somebody else uh, who, who might be able to draw beautifully. You, you, right. the bottom line is getting the message out there and not exactly. the artistic ability that may be there. It's the message that is so right. important for all of us to hear. And you seem to um, be able to do that, which is absolutely amazing. And so you you plan with people first. Uh, it, it sounded like you you talk to them first, so that you have an idea of what icons to do when you actually start working with them. Is that correct? Right. Particularly when I well I working with small groups or an individual, I, I do need to have a sense of um, what is what are some issues that might come up? What are they kind of looking for? Where, what crossroads are they at? Um, I like to find out a little bit more of the background of what the backstory is. I also like to find out what are some of their thoughts about where they see things in the future? Because what I found is that especially with individuals, if you walk in and you have somebody sitting in front of you and you say, okay, tell me your vision. Well, I know for me, that's like a deer in the headlights. It's taken me some time um, to, you know, create the vision that I could say to somebody out loud, because sometimes it's there to people are at a crossroad and um, really don't know what is next for me, then it, I can talk through it with them. They might get some ideas and I actually do some graphic notes from that. And then the other thing to find out is is their story because oftentimes in planning processes, um, 
with us with a group or with a person, we don't spend a little bit of time to talk about and actually have it graphically depicted as part of it is how did we get to where we are right now? And often that will lead to some of the um, indicators of what are the gifts and skills that this person brings because of their backstory. So they don't have to tell me their entire biography, but I have some questions where it's more specific to maybe what the vision is that they've told me. So tell me, you know, tell me more about, you know, what you might have done toward that. So I get an idea of the story. So that would be some of the things that I would do prior to meeting. I also like to find out from people, what are some ground rules um, there are some people that have things in their backstory and maybe they are, have invited friends or family from the community and they're like, I don't want to go there. Um, and so I can know if somebody brings up that topic, I can say, we've already discussed that that's part of the past and we're going to move forward so that we don't have, you know, somebody's aunt saying, well, you know, if you hadn't gotten divorced or, you know, whatever it might be, we just kind of know that's not helping us move forward. So I can facilitate around that. So sometimes that's an important piece as well. Yeah, that is an important piece, isn't it? Because it's good to know about the past so you can relate it to perhaps the present and being right. mindful of where you are presently, but mm -hmm. it is not going to move you forward if you... Right are constantly in the past. You cannot right. move forward. So I, I love that. I love that that is and the it, way you do things with people. Yeah, and it kind of gives the, the group the opportunity to have a little bit of time with that because otherwise as you're trying to move forward, you can get into the, well, remember whens. And you know, I can say, well, we already talked about the story. We're Now we're going into this next, next part of the planning process. And yet, uh, it, it's, it, again, it's very important to know some of the past, to know what you skipped over. Right. <laughs> what you didn't do. Right, exactly. And now you have an opportunity to do it with success. Right. So are you, are you going to, do you remember what you did then so we don't repeat it now? Exactly. Sort of thing. Right. Yeah. I oh, I love that. A little bit about I wanted to say a couple yes. things about the, the graphic piece. Um, yes. So yeah. when, when you're doing a plan like this, the, the vision we are, and I won't get into all kinds of brain development, but when people are sitting as a group, oftentimes in planning, you might have easel paper up, but a lot of times people are shuffling papers. And if you can get everyone focused on, we're drawing one whole, whole picture that actually it triggers our brain to help remember what we talked about. It helps us remember as we're moving from one section of the planning to the next, what, we, what we've talked about so that we can refer back to the different pieces. So there really is a, while the visual picture, may, some people say they, it looks pretty, it looks cool. Um, there really is a practical reason for using graphic facilitation. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to miss that. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And please feel free to <laughs> go back anytime. That's great. That's great. Um, so creating that, that uh, graphic plan, um, it, it does, it is actually even better than the vision board, isn't it? That I, yeah. I teach my clients to use the vision board, but. Right. Um, 
and this is just my experience. So uh, you may do vision boards very differently because I haven't had an opportunity to do a vision board with you. But um, oh, well, I, we have to we have to remedy that. Don't there we? you go. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of my friends do vision boards in various ways. Um, you know, doing a collage or a painting, or even like doing a vision on a jar. You know, a glass jar using glass paint or things like that. Um, and those are awesome. What I like to say is that through these processes, you're going to do, you're going to actually do visually looking at, okay, what are my next steps to get to that vision? And um, you started me down the path of talking about people first. Um, and I, I like to say, I'll just be brief on this. There's kind of three ways to plan. There's crisis planning, which I, I don't do that because that's a whole other thing when there's a crisis. But a lot of strategic planning I've found in my experience in different organizations is people do kind of define where they want to go, um, but often it's kind of prescribed. And so you may have your vision board and you want to you want to get there. The step that gets missed, in my opinion, is taking the time and really talking about what are the gifts, skills and knowledge of the person that's doing the vision board. And sometimes it's obvious. I mean, they wouldn't have thought of doing, let's say they want to start open a store where it's all knitting and stitching things. Well, obviously that person probably has a gift, skill and knowledge in that. But to back up and talk about, really talk about it and capture it as part of the vision. And also having, if it's an individual, having members of their group maybe add to their vision. Maybe there's some things that they didn't even think about or maybe there's some things that they're like, oh, maybe that's not really what I wanted. This is more of what I wanted because sometimes your friends and family may see something that you don't. So we're starting with the people as we're creating the vision. And again, if you're working with a, a business, a lot of times, you know, we've got the business bottom line, which that's a real thing. But, you know, what do we want to be in the world? What do we want to be known for in the world with our business? And if you can get the group to be talking about that, and then you start with talking about who's in the room, whose gifts, skills, and knowledge do we have, then you're going to end up with, when we get to the action steps, really looking as a group, what capacities do we have to get there? And who's got the best, the best um, capacity to do some of those things? So one example I, that I use is that a lot of times in businesses or even in a group, if you're working with an individual, the people that have shown up, they're there because of a certain position. And so obviously we're assuming if they're in that position, they're gonna have certain knowledge of, of the person, they're gonna have certain knowledge and skills in what they're able to do. But when we do this kind of work, you can find out, oh, so the woman who's doing her knitting store, you know, she's got somebody on her staff, Staff that's a good knitter and she hired them, but that person's also a graphic artist. So maybe that that's the person that's going to put together the website. And if you don't stop and have those conversations, sometimes you don't even know what assets you have in the room with you. And so we go from there to figuring out what, what are our action steps, who's going to do what by where, and then people also have an understanding of how their role truly fits into contributing to the vision that we're, we're working toward. I love that. So do you have a, um, a questionnaire or something, or does this all just come out in conversation when you're in a group? 
So uh, for example, yeah, I'm a, I am the best knitter in the world. Mind you, I'm not, I don't know how to knit at all, but um, I enjoy graphics. I'm not a graphic designer, but I enjoy graphics and I play with it and I have a good time with it. Um, you wouldn't know that from my awesome life success program. Right. So, so, I don't really have a pre-questionnaire. I do somewhat for, if I'm working with an individual or obviously a small group, um, but it really, it emerges as we're doing the plan. So, okay. and that's usually, I call that the kind of the popcorn time because I don't try to draw a picture of everyone's gift, skill and knowledge. I do a lot more just writing of words. Um, let me tell you, about a, okay. there is a tool that I use with groups if if we're kind of stuck there is I call it heart, hands and heart, head and hands. And again, you just put some pieces of paper up on the wall, heart, head and hands, and people list what their, their talents are either with their passion, which is your heart, your skills, which is things you know what you can do well enough to teach and what your knowledge is. And sometimes those things all cross, but, um, and then some, for some groups, I actually have to put them in small groups and talk to each other because as you know, from working with people, sometimes people don't really know what their gifts are until other people name them for them. So if people are absolutely stuck, then we can do that. That might be an activity that I might do not so much with an individual, but with a team, let's say in preparation for doing a path so that they can come to the table and say, we already know we have these resources. So it wouldn't necessarily be a form that they would fill out. It would actually be an activity that we might do. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. The, uh, the path and, and map that you're laying out there is so um, intricate, really, without being totally intricate. You're making it kind of fun. Uh, and bringing things to people's attention. And as you were speaking, I was thinking, relating it to me, as we always do, how does, how does this conversation relate it to me? And what I, I realized was on all of my tests, everything, I was supposed to be a teacher. And I went to school to be a teacher. I am not a teacher as far as I was concerned at the time. Um, elementary education was not my thing. Even high school and junior high education was not my thing. And so all of these aptitude tests, all of these quizzes and whatnot, I was a teacher. And yet, what am I doing? I am teaching you to have a better mindset, to create a six-figure mindset. I am a teacher. It's just right. a different kind of teaching. And it's right. something I've had my whole life and I rejected it, totally rejected it. And you are helping people recognize that if it is a skill that shows up through your whole life, maybe there's right. a better way of using that skill. Exactly, exactly. That's a great example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I love that. So do you have any other tools that you use to? Uh... You know, it's funny, I do. And it, it, some of these are gonna seem somewhat like, really? But I do, one that's been very helpful is to have people do, what's your weekly routine? 
and then we draw it out. Because it's, I was just working, I've done a couple actually of, um, I call them solution circles. That's one of the processes I use with a couple of women who've started their business, getting a little overwhelmed. And I, I don't know how to prioritize, you know, what I'm going to do. And so um, we literally just, I said, well, let's just draw out your weekly routine. For, that did two things. One, it helped them look at the bigger picture of when they do have time. The other thing is it helped them identify people in their community that they might want to invite to be part of their solution circle. Um, it may be somebody that they have as an acquaintance that, oh, well, I know that person does this kind of work. So maybe I should invite them to my, to my circle. It's only, you know, I, those are really quick. Those take about an hour. Um, and you know what, people come. So, and I'm gonna get talk, I'm sure I'll talk a little bit more about building your community, but um, sometimes that can be just, and I know people have their planners, but it's different when you talk through it and have somebody drawing on a piece of paper what your week looks like. So you can see the crunches and the spaces. And then another tool that I like to use is what works, what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, again, and that could be in a preparation thing, like somebody they're stuck or I'm trying to work towards the future. This is happening, this isn't. Um, so those might be more tools in preparation for doing the, the map or the path. So um, yeah, that's a couple of things. I know those seem really simple, but when you meet with me and we're putting it down on a piece of paper visually and they can see it, it's a lot different than looking at your calendar and, and, <laughs> and so you can see if you, like I use Google calendar, you know, I can see where the spaces are, but when you, you know, have to draw it down, it, it, it comes, you can see a lot clear, more clearly. It, it's a different, um, it's a different use. You can look at Google Calendar, but many times, for example, I look at my scheduler and <laughs> somebody will say, well, when are you free? And I'm looking at my scheduler and it, no, I'm not free at any time. And then I realize, wait a minute, Wednesday's not even on my skeleton. And I, I'm totally free on Wednesday. Yeah, okay. You don't always see things the same way. And sometimes you can see things better with pictures. Right. Mm -hmm. or, or from listening or whatever. Um, that's why colors, drawings, uh, music makes such a difference. Not just the audio or the written word. Right. That creates that inner transformation that can occur mm -hmm. no matter where you are so and right. I love solution solution circle I love that so I can tell people how how to do it a solution circle um, it doesn't take a whole lot of uh, facilitation or graphic design skill but basically there's five steps to a solution circle. And this is if some, if you've just got like one issue that you're really trying to figure out. So you invite people to be part of your solution circle and it's very prescribed. So after you get everybody gathered, Zoom or in person, um, the first six minutes, the person with the issue get, has six minutes to talk about what is the issue they're trying to address. 
a problem, maybe they're stuck on something, maybe they need a new idea. So they get six minutes and nobody else can talk. And sometimes there's silence during that time. And I always say that's okay because the person may blurt out all of this stuff, but if they get that little bit of time, sometimes toward the end of the six minutes, a few more nuggets will come out. Then for the next six minutes, the group gets to talk and the person has to be quiet. So the group is not gonna start solving the problem at that point. What they're really gonna be doing is talking about what did they hear the person talk, say was the issue. Um, maybe they've noticed within that issue, the person already has some resources they could use. Maybe the person already has been doing some things. Um, just kind of what did they hear the person saying without really get, jumping into the solution. And then the third part, for six minutes, the entire group, the person and the people, they just talk, um, clarifying questions. The person may have some insights, more insights they want to share. So it's just a conversation, kind of a free-for-all. Then the fourth step is where we list three to five steps that the person would be willing to do. And that's really key because I love this process because I don't allow people as a facilitator to should on the other person. So it's realistically, what might they try? What are some possible things they can do rather than you should do this or you should do that or have you tried this? That's the other, basically you're saying you should do this. It's more given the information you had, what the person said, what the resources that are here, what are three steps, three to five steps they could really take? And the person has to be in agreement. And then the fifth step is finding that first next step that's gonna take you to the next place. And it's something you need that you're gonna do in the next 24 hours to two days. So that one first step may lead you to the other steps that you defined in step four, but this is kind of a launching pad step. And I've done a couple of these recently and it was interesting, there was a woman, she's trying to figure out what am I, what should I work on first? I've gone to these trainings, I'm getting new clients, um, I'm starting a blog, I'm doing, what, what do I need to do first? And so as we talked through it and with her team, ultimately her next first step was to set one day where she was not doing anything and that was her planning day. It was her day to set aside on a weekly basis to prioritize. Was that what she thought her solution would be? No, she thought the answer was going to be either doing her blog first, or, you know, this or that. No, it was, and she agreed. And so, you know what? She set aside time once a week. She doesn't schedule any clients and that's her day to plan. She does do some of her writing for like her blog or content for her social media, but that's her day. And it changed, she'll tell you, it, it kind of changed her life. And that is not at all what she thought the answer would be um, when she came in. She thought she was going to figure out what one of those things she needed to do first. Isn't that cool? I love it when that happens. You know, it, it really is true. You, you need to give yourself permission to take the time to do that planning, to do that learning, mm -hmm. to examine what's going on. And there's also the permission to enjoy life you know you can't right. have an awesome life having fun doing it so right. uh like i was telling allison earlier i'm i'm wearing my my fun earrings because whenever i i don't 
wear hoops usually, unless I am ready to have fun. And whenever <laughs> I put them on, I use my, my hoop earrings that just tells my brain at this point, oh, okay, this is just going to be a fun time. And that's right. what I love this podcast to be. Um, yeah. and, and the other cool thing that is always beneficial is putting on an essential oil called Intune. And Intune creates more focus. So I have more focused fun. And it, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Um, recognizing what you can do just by giving yourself permission and writing it in your calendar if you want to, to take that day right. mm -hmm. to, to do this or um, having a sacred day. Right. So I, I have my sacred day, which is simply a, a day during the week to do whatever I want. Now uh -huh. that could be talking to clients that could be studying and, and learning. It could be going for a walk right? Know, or, or having coffee with friends or going on a boat. Uh, it, it could be anything. It is my day to do whatever my little heart desires. So that is um, giving yourself permission to, to have that. So, oh, it. Uh, thank you so much, Allison. Uh, it is such a pleasure to have you here and learning more about response-able people and company. So clear, so needed by so many. Like you say, you know, I could hear, I could feel my hand going up, saying, "Yes, I want this. I want this too." So, how can people get in touch with you? Sure. Well, um, I do have a website. It's called responsablepeople.com. And you can also, I have a blog there. You can check out my blog. There's lots of little, I do um, video clips and then you can read them as well about different processes, some, of, some different things about my philosophy, but also just some tips about why working with people first is, is important. I also have a Facebook page, Response Able People. Can find me on Facebook, and um, you can email me at allison at responsablepeople.com. And a really great way is if you contact me any of those ways, I do use a tool called Calendly, and I would love to have a conversation with anybody. I've got that link is on my Facebook page. You, you can find it. Um, I do post it on my website, or if you contact me, I will send you one. And we can just have a conversation about how some planning or, you know, where you are in your life and what kind of a process I might be able to offer you. That would be, um, I'd love to do that. Oh, that is wonderful. And uh, indeed, I will have in your description of this, this podcast, the, the links for Allison's uh, website and to have that one hour conversation um, to get clear and see how you can be a responsible person. I right. love it. Thank you again, Allison, for Thanks, uh, joining us. Today. And until next time, have an awesome life. It is your birthright. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Thanks.